Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. It has been a while since I've given a market update as far as what's going on, as far as the data goes. I've been giving topical stories and covering different projects and interviewing people and sharing all sorts of great information. However, I am a data nerd myself and I like to look through all the different things. Most people like to talk about IC tools as a great place to look for what's minting and what sort of activity is going on on especially Ethereum. That is where pretty much everyone goes for their data. But recently I've been exploring this website called flips.finance and and they have all sorts of data. So if you are a data nerd, love to search through numbers and all sorts of different things, you can organize what's going on by 24 hours, seven days. You can check the volume traded, the number of holders, uh, percentage changes, and all of those different things, the floor prices of projects, and just data galore. You can have charts and colors and all sorts of interesting things, but I've been having fun with it. And over the last 24 hours, what's trending right now as far as the amount of volume, what's being sold, is the Dicklebutts S3s, or I guess the Season 3, Waververse, the Genesis Pass, the Outland Deeds, Mutant Ape Yacht Club and Moonbirds round out the top five. And surprisingly enough, Board Ape Yacht Club all the way down at nine, which is pretty interesting to me because normally they're up top and they're pretty active and what have you. But what's going on right now as far as sales go, that is just the number of volume or the total volume of ETH sold or transacted. But we're talking about number of transactions actually. And a lot of those are still the same. However, what cracks into the top five as far as volume goes is the potatoes or the potatoes, however you say that. There's a project that I have seen around, but honestly, I've never heard it saying in spaces. Don't know anything about the project, believe it or not. I just know that it is 9,999 of them. And there are this pixelated potato plant growing. They have animated art and what have you. I don't know exactly anything about the project, so I'll give no feedback about that. But when you zoom out and you look at the seven-day chart, of course, the board API Club is all the way at number one. And of the top five spots, Yuga Labs covers three of them. So that's the usual suspects. However, what is popping up here very interesting is I did an episode recently speaking about NFTs, which is NFTs that were produced by Tiffany & Co. And all 250 of those sold out. Those were minted at 30 ETH, which at the time when I did the math, it would have been $11 million generated by that. And again, I didn't say that was a cash grab or anything of that nature, because when you're talking about a multi-billion dollar company such as Tiffany & Co., that is, uh, you know, just average sales. I mean, a $50,000 piece of jewelry is whatever. That is just a normal sale for Tiffany's. So that was the whole thing. You mint that and then it gives you the right to turn your CryptoPunk into a real life pendant made by them. Now, the interesting thing with that is just as I was suspected is that some people bought that just to flip. Knowing that very well, Tiffany's is a high-end market and CryptoPunk holders are wealthy individuals. So we have over 1,500 ETH in resales and flipping. So we know right now that the floor is actually at 27.9. So that's actually below the mint price. But considering a lot of sales have taken place, I'm guessing that whoever has that at 27.9 is one of those people that never really intended on minting it, or I should say creating that chain. Maybe they don't even own a CryptoPunk, but they tried to get into the whole resale value. And right now is probably settling down to the people that actually want to get that piece of jewelry. And 
there was a very short deadline. If I'm not mistaken, it was the 11th that that had to be claimed. So those 10 that are listed below the mint price of 30 ETH are most likely people who never wanted that jewelry and are just hoping for the best. And now they're just trying to move it before they get stuck with it. ETH is up quite a bit. So even though they might have paid that for it, if they're talking about, you know, the fiat dollar conversion, it's probably about the same. They're going to break even. But as far as ETH goes, they'd be a little bit down considering it minted at 30. But that's really good to see that this thing sold out. You know, some people were saying that it was going to flop, fall flat on its face, but I was pretty confident that it was not going to. Again, a $50,000 pendant from Tiffany's is nothing crazy. So this 30 ETH NFT that would allow you to get that piece of jewelry, I thought was a reasonable thing considering that CryptoPunk holders are not tight for finance. But one of the cool things that I really like about this is just being able to sort through all of that data because some of these things that you will see that it has 771 ETH worth of activity and what have you. But the question has to be is how much of that is wash trading? And wash trading is people just selling back and forth between the wallets in order to create some buzz and stream up the charts and really get noticed and picked up by all these algorithms sending things out. So just being able to see the actual percentage of holders, seeing where the floor price is going, clicking through all of this stuff, I think is very cool, very exciting. You know, if you're the type of nerd such as myself, you just really geek out on these numbers and seeing all this information, I think it's very interesting to see. And as far as when you're trying to do your research, I think this is a great site, Flips.Finance. No affiliation whatsoever. I don't get paid or promotion or anything of that nature for I just stumbled upon this. I forget where exactly someone told me about it and I've just been playing with it ever since and I think it's a pretty cool tool. Most people like to talk about IC tools and all that, but you can see all sorts of things such as the coin prices and all that. But what I really like to look at is just the NFT volume and that is just fun to me. But going back to the whole Tiffany things and a couple of things that I just said, a lot of people will like to take credit for the things that they're right about and say, yeah, that was absolutely going to do great and so forth, pat themselves on the back. But I'd like to also bring up the fact that I've gotten countless things wrong over this year. And I'm going to revisit an episode that I did. This is episode number 48 when I actually went through and certain things that I was expecting to happen, certain things were right, certain things were wrong. So I'm going to actually go and revisit that. And number one, I said there's going to be less emphasis on ETH, which definitely did come true. We see the rise of Solana, a lot of popularity over there, despite the fact that the price has absolutely fallen out of the sky. But there is definitely a lot of trading going on over there. Magic Eden's really picking up. And then also we see Wax and all sorts of things really emerging and holding their own, which is brings me to number two, 30 million Wax blockchain accounts. I'm pretty sure that it hasn't hit that figure as yet. I know Looking at Dapper Radar's numbers, if I'm reading this chart correctly, there have been about a half a million people that have actively used the platform of Atomic Hub, or I should say, there have been a half a million accounts that have used it during the last 30 days. But to say how much the total is, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm willing to guess that it is nowhere near that 30 million that I was expecting it to be because this whole space has had a massive drop off. Not to mention that they discovered that a lot of people were having multiple wax wallets in order to get free claims and giveaways and all those different things. So they really started to limit how many of those can be created, reducing the number of bots and so forth by charging a five wax P wallet fee and that definitely has slowed down growth, but not in the amount of people coming in. It has slowed down the amount of wallets being created. So I don't know where that total is right now. So number three, smaller drops of generative projects, which I don't know if I would say that is either right or wrong because 
we're seeing both. We're seeing some small ones and we're seeing some larger ones and they're just all over the place right now. There's no standard, no leveling off. Generally speaking, 10K projects really aren't selling out right now, but at the same time, everything is different. There is no one size fits all, but very few people expect 10K to sell out at this point. Number four, I can definitely say I was wrong. Coinbase will make a major splash in the NFT market. Now, when the Super Bowl was coming out and they basically broke the internet with that ad, you know, the QR code bouncing around the screen like an old time Windows screensaver and all the buzz that created, we definitely thought that they won the Super Bowl and everything was going to go to the moon from here. Coinbase Marketplace NFTs, here we go. And womp, womp, womp. That was not the case. So at this point, I mean, there's countless marketplaces coming on board and they're all surpassing Coinbase expected to really be a threat to OpenSea, but it is nowhere near. It is an afterthought. And for the most part, there was no splash whatsoever. Number five, I said there would be the rise of the guru and that definitely has come true. These NFT gurus and Web3 gurus are popping up. I've seen masterclasses as much as $30,000 and $50,000. I mean, this is absolutely crazy, but even people that have been mocking Web3 crypto and NFT space and everything are now creating these courses and masterminds and workshops. And I'm like, okay, great, here we go. Now they are teaching information on stuff that's basically being built. It's like having wet paint, and trying to fit curtains and wall art at the same time. I mean, that is just not a good idea. It's not even set yet. It is not ready. So where these gurus come from charging $50,000 for that stuff, I don't know. But it's pretty funny too, even on a smaller scale, when I'm in Twitter spaces, I find it so funny when these quote unquote geniuses are arguing with people that are experts in their rightful field. I've been in spaces where someone wants to argue tax law with a CPA. That's absolutely ridiculous. I've been in a place where someone started to argue intellectual property rights with an IP lawyer. So that was one of the most laughable things. The lawyer was like, dude, you've been collecting art for like two weeks and now you're trying to argue with me who has been an IP lawyer for 20 years. I don't want to be a jerk, but you are wrong. And in the case of the CPA, this one guy, I remember sitting there in the space and he's telling people that it is not taxable, all of these uh, selling NFTs and all this stuff because crypto is not taxable or whatever. And the CPA gets up there and says, look, you're saying this is not financial advice, but guess what? You're giving financial advice and if anyone in the space listens to you right now, it could be the difference between financial ruin or going to jail because you are telling the people wrong. So they get into this whole argument. So anyone that's arrogant enough to argue with a CPA about tax laws when you're not a CPA or someone that's really versed in this stuff and you're just regurgitating information, that is pretty laughable to me. But yeah, these gurus are something else. Number six, play to earn gaming is upon us. I thought this was the year of play to earn gaming and it is definitely not. So I was definitely wrong there. Still, there is some time. We have four months or so to go, but the gaming community is not as enthusiastic about NFTs as the NFT community is enthusiastic about games, if that makes sense. So the people that are already in Web3 collecting NFTs, trading crypto and all of that, see the value of games. Generally speaking, that is the majority. But on the other hand, people that are hardcore gamers, it is not the majority that sees the value in NFTs and crypto and Web3. 
So we're still waiting to get there. I don't think this is the year of play to earn gaming. It definitely popped up. It was making some headlines and what have you. But most of those games are not even fun. They don't have the sticking ability. They don't have the communities and the backing and the interest and engagement. So I don't think it's going to last long term. However, the pioneers are testing all this stuff out. So that way, a real video game maker, a legacy project or a legacy company, if you will, a Blizzard, Activision, EA Sports, Microsoft, whoever it might be, comes into the space and actually capitalizes on all the mistakes that have been made by these small-time builders that are now exploring. Number seven, I said Microsoft, Google, and Meta would go to war. And those companies are not really on friendly terms as usual. However, they were playing nice for a period of time. The war has not begun, but they're definitely cross-eyed looking at each other and snarling at each other and making faces. You know, Figuratively speaking, of course, because, you know, company doesn't really have a face to go snarl. But generally speaking, these monster tech goliaths are not really friends. It doesn't matter how much they're shaking hands on stage at charity events and all that stuff. They're really out there to knock each other out. So hopefully that information, just breezing through some of the market updates, showing you some of the numbers, some of the top projects that are moving right now, and then going through all of that, showing you where I was right, where I was wrong. I actually get that segment from one of my favorite sports columnists or podcasters or radio guys, whatever you want to call him. I'm not even exactly sure these days, but Colin Cowherd, and he has this whole segment where I was right, where I was wrong, and plays this cool little sound effect and what have you. That's where I got the idea from it. And there's plenty of times I've been wrong. For example, it was easy to call that this is going to be a negative quarter as far as GDP, but it was not easy to see that they redefined what a recession was to basically not have us be into a recession because they threw all sorts of parameters in there. It was easy to say that, yes, inflation is about to go crazy. However, I don't think anyone saw that this recent pump and the stock market rallying up against all this announcement that was just recently made would affect this. So interesting times nonetheless. Hopefully you find this interesting. And if you're interested in more up-to-date news, on Thursdays, I release a newsletter. You can sign up for that for free at niftybusinessweek.com. Also, if you go to my Twitter page, you can just check out the banner up on the top. Or I should say, once you start scrolling down, you'll see a huge subscribe button. Well, if you just click next to that, you can preview or see some of the past issues and uh, read up and catch up to see if this is something that you're interested in. It's absolutely free to sign up for that. And of course, I figured out ways to have little words, airdrops, and tie in NFTs and everything with it. But I want to thank you for coming on this journey with me as we're learning and building Web3 together. Until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.